morning. Good evening. Today is Tuesday, August 9th, and we are studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's step is step 12, chapter is working with others, and our speaker tonight is Angela G. Thank you, Angela. Hey, everyone. I am Angela G., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic tonight. Um, it is so beautiful seeing all your faces up there. So many people that I've talked to and treasure our conversations. Oh, I just wanna take a moment here just to ask for guidance. So, uh, Boy, I used to get so much more nervous about speaking and not to say that this is easy for me, but I know today that uh, for me not to speak my truth, for me not to share, that that is a selfish act for me to hold back because I have no idea who might hear a message or something that I've said that might make a difference for them. So thank you, everybody uh, who's doing service tonight. Thank you, Callie, for asking me to speak tonight. Um, I said yes to step 12 because this step for me, um, I know that it's, gonna, uh, it's, it's going to keep me out of the food. I know it's going to keep me connected with my higher power. Um, I know that this fellowship, uh, you know, staying connected with people in this fellowship is really my solution for today. Um, I wanna go through, uh, first I'll read the 12th step and then I wanna go through uh, certain uh, pieces of uh, working with others starting on page 89. Uh, but uh, step 12 reads, having had a spiritual awakening as the, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics or compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So I think just uh, real quickly, I want to just qualify very quickly um, and say that at an early age, I started using food uh, to cope with uh, feeling so different and not fitting in. I did not know how to cope. I did not know how to handle the stress in my household. Uh, food gave me comfort. And, uh, and I sought it and I, um, and it worked until it wasn't going to work anymore, but it took me to, um, 58 years old, you know, uh, I, I used it for many, many years. Uh, you know, it started out as a compulsive eating, um, uh, behavior. Uh, it, uh, turned into a bulimic, uh, pattern, uh, when I could no longer purge my food. I ended up um, just restricting, you know, so it was compulsive overeating and it was restricting. And that was my mode of control. Uh, it was all consuming, as I'm sure most of you can relate to. It was a cycle that I thought I had no idea how, I just thought I would be doing those behaviors all the way to my grave. I had no idea there really was an actual solution for this problem. I didn't really know that I had a spiritual malady. I didn't realize that there was a spiritual solution that could offer me someone that had a judgmental God, 
and uh, punishing God, uh, I could not have believed that there would be uh, some relief for me and that there could be a program and that I, I could finally feel like I belong somewhere. So, uh, you know, I have to say this room, the CYOC room uh, has offered me my recovery. Uh, I came in through Al-Anon uh, 11 years ago, but this is where I found my recovery. And I am forever grateful to OA for that. Um, I am also very, very grateful for my Al-Anon recovery because I, I really learned what it meant to uh, set boundaries and to separate myself from my family of origin when that was necessary. Um, so this program has been uh, absolutely life-changing for me. Uh, it has given me a chance to be completely honest about my behavior, about the harms that I've caused. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I heard someone say last night that, um, you know, we experience a psychic change and what does that mean for that person? And what it meant was just that they started doing things very differently in their life. And that's what I can say about this program. I have started doing things very, very differently and, um, I'll be forever grateful for this recovery process. And this chapter in particular uh, about carrying my message on to other compulsive overeaters, um, that is where my healing remains. And that is where um, I know my work is. I know my work is in service. So uh, practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from compulsive overeating as intensive work with other compulsive overeaters. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other compulsive overeaters. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Remember, I am very ill. So, Working with sponsees, um, I consider that an absolute sacred space. I feel like um, there is a process of finally getting honest, uh, you know, working this program. For me, it was about being brutally honest in the beginning about, uh, you know, keeping a food journal, about um, writing up a food history, um, about identifying my alcoholic foods. Um, those things, that was imperative for me to start this process. I could not have started this process if I didn't at least start the honesty piece that early on. Um, let's see here. Um, continue to speak of compulsive overeating as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it. Keep the attention focused mainly on my personal experience. Explain that many are doomed who never realize their predicament. So the progressive um, nature of this disease, the fatal nature of this disease, uh, I think that's pretty important uh, in the message that I share with my sponsees. Um, tell exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing 
is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Once again, this idea of a God, a higher power, um, something higher than myself, uh, that, that took some work for me to actually uh, start believing in something. But honestly, the reason why I was able to do it is that I wasn't quite sure why I was still alive. I should not have lived through the way I harmed myself with food. And the, the mere fact that I'm, that I'm still alive and that um, I found my way to this room, you know, I use that as proof that there is a higher power. There is uh, maybe, um, you know, a higher self in the beginning that wants something more for me than even I realize uh, I want for myself. Uh, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. Let him see that you are not there to instruct him in religion. Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, but call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. Yeah. Outline the program of action explaining how you made a self-appraisal how you straightened out your past and why you are now endeavoring to be helpful to him. Mm -hmm. To spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other compulsive overeater an opportunity to live and be happy. Do not be discouraged if your prospect does not respond at once. Search out another compulsive overeater and try again. You are sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to keep chasing a person who cannot or will not work with you. So I'm a firm believer that for me anyway, you know, I could not have come into program and actually embraced it not a minute sooner. I do believe when someone is ready, uh, they are ready to hear it. Uh, once again, I don't know if my message resonates for anybody. Gentle reminder, 10 minutes. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So all I have to do is I have to carry my message. And my message is that it happened very quickly for me. Uh, when I was given information about my health, uh, my medical issues that I was having, uh, completely related to my abuse uh, of food, it scared the hell out of me. And it brought me to a place where I thought, yeah, whatever I have to do, you know, this is not working for me. My way has not worked. And I am willing to consider another way. I don't think that would have been possible if I didn't hear somebody else's message, my sponsor's message. When I heard her message, and I saw the peace that she had, the food neutrality that she had, I, something in me believed that maybe, just maybe, that that could be the case for me. I don't know, I don't know why I, I thought that it could work for me, but I, I, did, I started believing, you know, that maybe I was lovable enough, maybe I, you know, um, I've suffered enough or whatever it is, like maybe I've just been through enough if I'm still here that maybe there's hope for me too. 
Um, job or no job, wife or no way, no wife or no wife, we simply do not stop compulsive overeating so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Here again, this was a difficult thing for me. I didn't know how I was going to really embrace this idea of God, but I knew my way wasn't working anymore. So really all we need is this willingness to surrender, right? I keep hearing that in these rooms, this willingness to, to surrender is really the answer to my recovery. Um, if you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us when we put ourselves in God's hands were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances. And, you know, I guess I just want to say that my life looks very different right now. Um, I really don't feel like I'm fighting things anymore. I'm, I don't feel like I'm fighting situations anymore. I don't feel like I'm fighting uh, people anymore. Uh, you know, I'm deciding to um, put myself in places that are uncomfortable now. Um, working with other people is the, um, what do I wanna say about it? it? It keeps my program fresh. It reminds me of where I was. It reminds me of where I can still be at times. Uh, it reminds me that I still eat, you know, in the beginning, I didn't believe that I had a message because I was so new, but all I did was realized, and this is what I say to sponsees now, you know more than someone just walking in this door. So your message, you have no idea if your message is gonna ring true for someone. So please just speak up and please, um, you know, uh, just show up and be authentic. You know, that, that's, what, that's what we do here. So uh, my message to sponsees, people that I work with, is all about um, expressing that there is a solution, that there, um, there is a way out of this disease that um, to identify in and not compare with other people, to, uh, but to identify with other people, find where you have the similarities, not the differences, um, to, uh, you know, to, you know, it is so important for outreach to be um, a priority in this program. For me, it has been. I stress that with sponsees, that you know, we're going to learn different ways of doing things. We're going to be able to focus our energy on doing service. So much of those outreach calls helps us to expand, uh, you know, and not be selfish anymore. Uh, you know, some of the, some of my process around uh, the fourth step, I mean, certainly the fourth step for me was all about getting honest and and taking responsibility for the first time. My fourth remember, sorry, five. Great, thank you so much. Uh, the fourth step for me was absolutely mind-blowing. It was where I turned a corner and I finally realized with my sponsor's help that I caused harms, right? That yes, I did the best I could, it was all true. I did the best I could, I did really badly in certain situations and I caused harm. So 
you know, that step for me was absolutely transformational. Um, the ninth step to uh, actually make amends uh, to people that I was so embarrassed to show my face to that I was carrying shame and guilt around because of uh, how I behaved with them. The freeing aspect of that step was absolutely transformational. Um, the 10th step, you know, to be able to take stock every day of, of my actions and what I feel good about and what I don't feel good about of my connection with my higher power. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, this is about keeping it green, right? It's just about keeping that connection. Uh, the 11th step, the nightly review, uh, you know, I started doing that with someone recently and I just love being accountable to somebody else. And I love that it keeps me um, in a place of surrender and a place of, um, you know, uh, being of service also, because I really can't wait to hear that person's nightly review either. It, be it becomes this very tight bond. And, um, you know, if anybody, you know, hasn't done that with a partner, it really, it really has been helpful for me. And of course, the 12th step, you know, how important is it to carry our message? Um, I don't get to keep this recovery if I don't carry this message forward. Um, it is absolutely imperative that I um, show up, I share, I do service, I walk with people on this path. And um, yeah, I am just forever grateful for the reality-based recovery that I have experienced here and the spiritually based um, alignment with other people, you know, to be walking this path with all of you and to understand that I can call any of you at any time and get right to the heart of the problem and not have to talk about the weather and not have to talk about things that don't matter anymore to me. This is the essence of my recovery. The 12th step is working with others carrying the message and knowing that this is a lifelong process, right? This is absolutely, I don't ever want to leave this program. I want to always be around people that understand me. And I just treasure all of what I've learned here, all of how I've grown here. And, um, and I just so look forward to hearing from everybody. So thank you very much. Thank you. It looks like our leader um, got bumped off. So thank you so much, Angela, for that wonderful share on step 12. We will now open the meeting to questions or three minute shares. If you would like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand and uh, we'll call on you and get you unmuted. Would the timer please set a timer for, will the timer please set a timer for three minutes for each share. And if the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Thank you so much. We're gonna begin with Sarah B. Sarah, would you like to unmute and share? Ask um, hi, this is Sarah, Compulsive Overeater. 
Thank you so much for your share. And I did have a question. Um, I was wondering, you had talked about, Angela, about your four-step and um, you know how transformative that was for you. And I've been going through the steps and I, I've done my four-step and I'm on my 11th, but you know, I still do have, um, you know, I wonder or not worry so much, but like, what if I miss something? What if I didn't do it right? Or, you know, something's still going to be there and come back up. So do you have any um, insights or uh, thoughts on, on that, on, you know, how you maybe work with your sponsees if they would have a similar concern? Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, Sarah. That's a great question. You know, uh, I was brought through the steps very quickly, uh, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen people stall, and uh, and I don't think it's good to stall at a fourth step. Um, I do believe in being as honest as possible. I also believe that it's about progress and not perfection. I think that we always have a chance to kind of brush up and get to things later. Uh, so if, if I had to say, you know, you know, maybe go faster and maybe it isn't absolutely complete, uh, and then just go back later and brush it up, um, that in my, in my experience working with sponsees, that has worked much better than thinking that we're going to do it absolutely perfectly and uncover every single, you know, rock and, um, and, and get under every single nook and cranny. Yes, we want to be as thorough as possible, but in my experience, it's, it's more about keeping the pace and keeping it moving forward. Thank you. Next, we are going to have, on mine, it looks like it's Amy and Emily B. I think it's Gwen H. Oh, because you're, it. oh, <laughs> sorry, because you're hosting. Okay, sure. Gwen, go yeah, ahead. I just mute, unmuted, yeah. Thanks, sorry about Angela. That. that was awesome listening to you share tonight. And as far as step 12, I have kind of been around step 12, but I've always been a little bit uh, reluctant to, you know, sponsor someone. Uh, I just have always felt that I just don't think my abstinence is good enough. Uh, what do you say to someone who has, uh, you know, concern like that, which I do? Thanks. Hey, Gwen, thank you so much for that question. You know, I think we all have a message and I think uh, once again, you know, it's about not trying to be perfect anymore. Um, you know, learning that, you know, this recovery process uh, is anything but perfect for me. You know, uh, I, I, I won't keep coming back if I think I have to get it perfect all the time. Um, and so I guess I would just say that we all have our own path and our own journey and um, we all have our own message. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I say this to, you know, to, to, you know, I'll, I'll keep it about me. Right. So when my, when my sponsor said, okay, you're ready to start sponsoring. I said, I think you're wrong about that. I don't think that's true. No, I don't think so. And so what was interesting is that, um, probably less than a week after she said that to me, we had, and I felt I couldn't do it because I didn't really, I couldn't replicate what she had done with me. 
And not only, not about a week after that, uh, we had someone come to this meeting and she put together a sponsoring manual and it was a wonderful thing. And she said she would share it and, and she shared it and I got it. And, um, and within, I mean, only a few days later, I got three sponsees all at once. So, I mean, that was HP saying, hello, Angela, you are ready, you know, just go, you, you, you'll have the guidance, you'll know how to do it, just start doing it. You know, I don't know if that's helpful, Gwen. All right, thank you. And I've been told that despite what it appears like on my screen that up next we have Emily D. Hi, thanks, Victoria. Um, I'm Emily D, recovered compulsive overeater in Chicago, uh, currently in very far North Wisconsin in the most beautiful place. Um, and so glad to be here and so glad to hear you, Angela. Um, you know, I, I raised my hand when you, or, or thought to raise my hand when you said, I know there's a God because I'm still alive. Because um, there's really no explanation for that otherwise. And like, it is that serious, you know, or was for me, it still is for me. And I, I want to ask you a question, as I often do at CYOC, it's so great to be back here. Like, I'll talk a little and then I always have a question because I have so much to learn. Um, but one of the things I, I get asked uh, and ask of myself, I think when I was in the situation is like, but I'm not on step 12 yet. Like I'm not there yet, you know? Um, and it, you know, I'm just one woman, but my thought is like, there's not the word sponsor anywhere in the big book. So, you know, step 12 is, is about working with others, you know? And, um, you know, I have people who, uh, you know, call me, schedule, try and schedule calls, et cetera. Like scheduling calls doesn't really work for my life. But, you know, I think like, I would love to hear how your experience of working with others goes beyond sponsoring and taking through the steps. Um, because I think that's just one of many things we can do. And I'd love to hear how you, how you mix it up. Thank you, Emily. So glad you're here tonight. Thank you for your share. Um, so, you know, I heard someone say that early on uh, when they're working with a sponsee, they read working with others. And that's what I do with my sponsees. And it feels like, well, but we're not there yet, right? But what's important, what it feel, what feels really important is that they know that what I'm doing with them is what they're going to be asked to do. Right. So reading that chapter and talking about it and going through it, you know, seems seemed so counterintuitive in the beginning to me. And yet it makes absolute perfect, perfect sense. So, um, you know, I keep in touch with my sponsees, you know, um, once they're done uh, on a check in basis, you know, pretty sporadic, not definite, you know, not any routine schedule. Um, and I love, you know, we still share gratitudes in the morning. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, if, if my schedule gets interrupted, you know, we just still stay connected, you know, whether it's sharing gratitudes together or um, doing some bookending, you know, that's always a wonderful thing, you know, if they have something that they're nervous about doing. So, you know, and I just, you know, there's so many different ways and different reasons to be connected with all of these different people here, because I relate to people on a different, you know, in a different way. 
right? Yes, it's this program, but it's how they might be working a step, right? It might be someone asking me to, you know, to be their 11th step, you know, kind of buddy, you know, their nightly review buddy. Like how wonderful is it that we have such a rich, you know, connection with all these different people in different ways? So thank you so much for that question. Thank you, Angela. All right, next up we have Emily B. Hi everyone, I'm Emily V, Pulsive Overeater. Angela, where are you? It was so good to hear you. Thank you so much. I adore you. I think you're just wonderful. Um, the note that I took that really stuck out for me is that you seek discomfort. And I definitely feel like I'm in a season right, right now where I'm learning to sit in it. So I would love to hear what you have to say about what tools you, you had that made you comfortable sitting with discomfort and then give an example of how you go out and to seek it and how you bring God in that. Oh, Emily, great question. And boy, you know, I'll abbreviate what I'm going through right now, but boy, talk about discomfort. Um, so I am, uh, you know, responsible for my mom. She's 90. We're talking pre-dementia, mental illness. Uh, we just put her into an adult home. Uh, she wants to go back to her home. We are navigating a new doctor and meds and this whole thing. And you know, the other day I, I I had this day where I felt like I was being like, you know, just shaken. And I just said to myself, you know, you just, I just need to pray about this. You know, I need to connect with HP because my will is not going to get me through this. Right. I know I, my nerves are absolutely shattered about this whole thing. You know, um, I have sisters that are involved in this whole process, but I'm like the power of attorney and the healthcare proxy. And it's like, it feels like so much on top of already everything else that I have going on. So, you know, when I feel, you know, that, um, you know, uh, uh, um, I want to say challenged, actually, I'll say, uh, I, I go within, I slow down, I start putting things like up on the shelf, right? Like, does that have to be dealt with right now? It does not, right? Like, where are my feet right now? What can I do right now to bring myself some peace? And, and it's, it's praying, it's asking for guidance, right? It's that pause throughout the day that's, that lets me stay connected and know that it, I don't have to force my will right? The more I step away from something, the better the outcome always is, right? Always is. So I hope that's helpful. Thank you, Angela. And next we will have Amy L. Hi, everyone. Amy L. in California. Uh, compulsive eater, exercise bulimic, and Angela. I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And I appreciate everyone here. I um, loved your share. I, I've always admired your humility. And I guess as you were talking, I thought about step 12 and how I think I've shared this before. I, I used to do step 12, a lot of service in, you know, in my pre, you know, I've been in this program many times and worked the steps and I did a lot of service. I sponsored and sponsored and I spoke and I, and it was so not in humility. And, you know, there's a reason we work all the steps and they never end. Right. I mean, 
we always have to stay, remember we are powerless, we always have to stay connected to a greater power, and we always have to be rigorously honest and, and, and be in a place of humility. And um, so, you know, the, the yes, I, I love the reading step 12. I love, um, I love listening to, I listen to a lot of meetings, recordings, different ways of doing the steps because I learn from them all. I, 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 I just, <laughs> I agree. There's nothing in the big book that tells you you must do three calls a day or nothing in the big book that says you, you even must work with a sponsor. It doesn't use that word. And I heard the other day, somebody has her sponsees read the 10th and 11th step part of into action because to understand that this isn't about a magic wand that you know we just arrive we it's a constant one day at a time working taking actions and um it takes some of that mystery out of it but again thank you so much thank you everyone here i um I do less service of the type I used to do. And I do a lot of service of um, reaching out to people when I need it and taking calls from others. And I have to say, sometimes when I reach out to people, when I'm hurting, that's me showing up with humility. And sometimes I feel for me right now, that's, really being of service because Just it's reminder. taking it's time. me out of the equation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. What a lovely note to um, stop our recording on. I'm going to ask that 